And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 268 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who definitely will not be wearing an Apple AirTag, Mr. Joe Polizzi. <laughs> How are okay, you? Okay, can you explain to me what exactly an Apple AirTag is? Yes, I don't know why the world is so excited about this, but apparently they are. Uh, maybe it's just because Cause it's Apple. Apple. Oh, Apple! Yeah, and oh, they Apple made it, <laughs> and they and they announced it this week. Um, I was really excited for the. I mean, I'm an iMac guy. I use an iMac here in my office, and I've used iMacs for as long as they've been out. And uh, they've got some the the new. By the way, I have a new laptop. I bought I, I bought a new laptop. And I got the M1 chip um, laptop, that's the 13 the, inch. The, wait, is this the new Apple? The Apple Silicon. It's Apple's Apple Silicon. Yeah. So it's no more Intel. Okay. Right. It's it's based on. It's it, it's unbelievable how much faster it is, and I and I say that in all earnestness. I mean, it's really you're noticeable. not just a teeny bit biased about There's, this. I haven't seen. I have. <laughs> well, I'm a Mac guy, right? You know. But you ask. You ask Josh. You ask Josh if it's if if it's faster. The M1 or not? Yeah, it, it, it's faster. It's better. It's. Dude, I have yet to see a bouncing beach ball. I mean, it's 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 uh it's it's anyway off okay. topic. The Apple Air okay. Tag is it's like those uh, tile things remember the tile things that were you know you would attach to your keys or yes your wallet I, somebody or, bought them for you, me and i had a very good intention yeah to they use used to it, give them away at conferences yeah they give them away at conferences yeah. a lot and um yeah it's these are different i think because one it uses the uh for sort of it uses the gps thing the find you know your find my phone or find my thing to, that you would normally use um, with your phone, but it also uses Bluetooth for like within the house. So you can walk around, you know, and it'll, you know, if like you're looking for your keys, it'll say, oh, it's 20 feet over to the left or whatever. So it's, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that big a deal, but it's, it's, people seem to be really excited about it. Well, good for, good for Apple good for all those people that yeah. are excited about it. I, I saw somebody mention it on Facebook and I, I just kept scrolling because <laughs> well, it wasn't. There wasn't a lot to talk about at this app. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, to your point, the Apple fanboys seem to be very excited about the announcements. But to me, it was like, oh, new iMacs that are now come in different colors, and new iPad Pro that works on the M1 chip, and yeah. I mean, it's, Air Tags, and that's kind of it's, it. It's tough. I mean, I. My my son is down the hall in his little office uh, for before he goes off to to college in the fall and he is an apple fanboy i mean he will be the yeah. one on the con calls doing the whole thing for any event he's listening he's all in he's got i don't know how many imax he has and you know i think he's got a couple of your old laptops and, and whatnot <laughs> yeah. but when i see apple today i'm so jaded about this I always think about how they're trying to scam more money out of the user that's all i'm thinking about and i know i shouldn't because I mean, it's just another business. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, I was going to say said every company ever, right? I, I know, mean, but it just it just seems more and more. And we'll talk about the whole subscription thing yeah, later yeah. in the show. And that's yep. kind of one thing I'm I just don't just don't like it. I don't think they're <laughs> out for the best interests of the creators out there. I just can't go. Oh, for well, it. there we go. Yeah. So, yes. So pay, yeah, there we go. Well, speaking of, well, speaking of don't, don't didn't like it, not excited, and being out for the creators of the world, I, you know, I, I have to. I, I was look. I was. Uh, I got. I, I went down the rabbit hole, my friend, and you know, was looking at. Uh, we got a recent review. Oh, reviews on the show. Yeah, yeah. We, we got need reviews. some theme music. Um, review time. We do need like reviews. We get. Reviews. Are they good or we bad reviews? reviews? Well, we get both. Um, and I just thought we would be fun to talk about a really bad one we got Ooh. and a really good one. We Which got. one you want to I do first? That might be. Um, well, let's do the bad okay. one. Let's do the bad right. news first. Let's right? do the bad review. So this this came in uh, about a month and a half ago, I think. Um, this one it says it's one star. Ooh, right. It comes from comes from uh, the friends and family in Serbia. So hello, Serbia. Hi, Serbia. Um, uh, and the headline is no added value. Two guys talking aimlessly about various topics covered much better in the news and mainly about themselves and how great they are. Nothing to learn, nothing surprising, and no new knowledge to gain. I got to say that's oh, pretty man, accurate. that is fantastic. I, yeah, I, that, that was yeah, a one star? Because yeah, that's a one they star. pretty much yeah. nailed it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much this show. Serbia, yeah. you know you, your podcast. You, I mean, this you is fantastic. Do. Yeah. We are big in Serbia. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, I can't really. Unpopular in Serbia. I don't know if I can object to anything in that. We do like to talk about ourselves. We do talk about mostly meaningless things. Sometimes there's added value. But you probably could yeah. get it better from a newsletter or some other podcast. I, right? Well, don't, I, don't, don't, don't encourage them, Joe. Okay, well, I mean, let, let's go. Let, you had a good review? You have a solid review? Yeah, there's, a, right, good, there's a good go one as well. There's that. a good one as well, which came in, I think, uh, about also about a month and a half ago. Um, which, by the way, folks, we could use some more. If you're, if we could use some more good reviews, right? And so it, if you're in Serbia, we could use some, you know, yep, we some, really don't some care. balance. Good or, good or bad reviews. In Serbia. We want honest yeah. reviews. We, <laughs> That's what I always say. Well, we want honest reviews. I don't. I want I want platitudes, my friend. I will I I want I want nothing but uh, but but uh, fake smiles and and good words. Um, anyway, the great review is uh, marketers. You need this in your life. I cried tears of sadness when this podcast ended. That was Joe's fault, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and cried tears of joy when Joe and Robert triumphantly returned. This is a must listen for any marketer. Even if you don't work directly in content marketing, the insights go far deeper than content. Hot takes on business strategy, tequila, and Tito, which, yes, I would say. I'd say the advice on alcohol alone is probably worth the price of admission. I, I, I think the, the current events, too, that you seem to get from us, because we give, we give current event information and we're not fully informed. So... <laughs> You you get a weird take on the news, and how is that not valuable? Oh my god, that's I love that so much. We're get, that has to be our new tagline, I think. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a take on the news from two not fully on, informed on some, guys. Some parts of the news. 
Uh, yeah. But yeah, oh, thank you. So who's that? Uh, who's that that gave us that review? What, what part of the... Uh, I think both of them should be anonymous. I don't think uh, either of them... Oh, I mean, no, I'm but not was gonna, that Ubez- I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. Or what What country was that from? Do we know? Oh, you know, I, I didn't even I look to see what country. I think it's from the okay. U.S. I'm pretty sure that one's from the Probably U.S. Probably the tequila so. and Tito's gives it away because the U.S. listeners always are into our takes on alcohol. Yeah, I think that's uh, yes. Thing. That 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 is that is that is true. Um, yeah, it doesn't actually say um, in the review. Um, and the only yeah. the only football thing that I need to share is that the the Cleveland draft Ohio yeah, Cleveland Ohio is actually having the draft, and I did get invited, and I think I'm going. There's some some section where if you're vaccinated which I'm vaccinated and I'll be two weeks past my second shot. By the time this goes on, you're into a special. It's, a, it's still outdoor, I believe, but I'm actually going to go and check it out. Second day of the draft. So I'm pretty, That's, I'm pretty pumped up about. So you're, oh, you're going day two. Going day two. Going, going day okay. two. So we'll see. I don't All know right. how many second day or third day. That'll be fun. Second round or third round picks the Cowboys have, but we'll. We, we have 10. 10, 10 picks total. That's a lot. For unless you. they, that's a lot. Unless they trade, yeah, yeah. Unless they trade out, there'll be there'll be ten picks total, and all indications are that um, everybody, the top nine, will pick quarterbacks or wide receivers, and so the cornerback should be available to us. A guy by the name of uh, Certain. Wait, wait what's um, what your what's your pick? What on the first day? What's your f- first round pick? Tenth. Wow, that's the, it's got to yeah. be the first time in my memory that the Cowboys are picking before the Browns. Uh, that's probably right. Be. In the first that's, time in that's pro- well, uh, uh, there was a few years ago where they picked third. Uh, it's looks like the first time since like eighteen sixty four. Yeah, <laughs> that was a Civil right. War year. Yeah, um, yeah, that yes. was right. That's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. All, All right. right, let's get on with this show. <laughs> let's get to the news here. Um, Let's see here. Well, our first story here uh, is just fascinating to me. Um, this comes courtesy of Media Post. Uh, the headline that uh, will, of course, link in the show notes is "Paid Content Influencers Are Now the Biggest Share of Digital Budgets." Yes, I, 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 I'm, I, my eyebrows well, are as raised as yours are. Before you give but, your, take, all right, all right, please? the lead. My the, God, right, so no wonder we get okay. crappy reviews. Native advertising (laughs) formats opens the article, including paid branded content and influencers now represent the biggest share of digital advertising budgets, supplanting options such as paid search, display, social, and video in the media mix. That's the finding of a study conducted by Advertiser Perceptions late last year, which found that as branded content and influencer marketing combined represent 20% of digital advertising budgets. By comparison, the next most heavily budgeted option, paid search, currently represents only 14% of digital ad budgets, followed by display, 13%, paid social, 12%, video, 12%, CTV and OTT, which is over-the-top television, um, 8%. Uh, e-commerce, 7%, mobile in-app ads, 6%, audio podcast, 6%, and other digital options not delineated. The study conducted late last year to understand how the pandemic and social injustice movements were impacting digital advertising decisions. Um, and it goes on to talk about the methodology of the study, and which was a very small sample, I'll, I'll say. But um, other than that, I, 
I, I, you know, I have no reason. There's, I don't know advertising perceptions. I don't know their research methodology. I don't know who they did or what they did. I, I just, I don't believe these numbers. I, 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 these, I mean, what do you well, think? It says 205 advertising executives. This was in Serbia, correct? That's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're talking oh, no. about. Okay. Oh, so no. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear your take on this. The, the first thing is I do love the idea that there are less and less gatekeepers that we can more go directly to individuals who are building these audiences. And you and I have talked about it forever. I love that. And supposedly you have a lot of money going to those influencer relationships that said, there's no way there is no way that it's more than paid just than more than, than any other category. Yeah. If you're, yeah working with a Kardashian or another celeb or you or I, I just can't see it. Yeah. I, I just don't see it either. I, I, you know, and, and unfortunately I couldn't find the actual study. Um, now, um, in full transparency, I didn't look that hard. Um, but I, I did not find the original research where I could sort of dig in and find out. My only thought here is that, This is a share of digital ad budgets, and I just wonder if paid search for some some marketers, some companies, isn't considered part of an ad budget. You know what I mean? It's in other words, they They might not even break it out. Right? They have advertising. And then they have paid search and, and they have other things as well. So if I say, what's the percentage of your ad budget that is going to paid search? Maybe it's not a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be it's similar to, to content marketing where you say, where's your content marketing budget? And they it's all right. over the place. Like they don't even know. That's right. I don't That's know. Right. I Again, I like the trend because it means that things are changing in a positive way. But I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't either. I just it, it's a it's a very weird thing. They go on, by the way. The article goes on to sort of you know um, the one of the other questions that was asked in the article is which ones are becoming more important in twenty twenty one, and again, paid influencers tied for second uh, with video, um, with forty one percent saying video and influencer marketing was the most important in 2021. Um, but by the way, with more than half, um, digital ad said more important in 2021 was e-commerce and uh, OTT, over-the-top yeah. television, basically. And so, you know... I, but importance, it's the, interesting. The, the, There's no doubt in my mind that influencer relationships are important. They've been important ever since social media was developed. 20 years ago and even before that but we're not talking about that we're talking about number of dollars spent we're not talking about time and attention we're not talking about yeah, we're exactly. talking about dollars dollars is different i'm not discounting the importance I'm, is different yeah. yeah yeah i'm not discounting the importance i i'm i'm, I'm suggesting that these numbers just don't seem right to me. I mean, in terms of where market, where I see marketers spending money, and again, mine is all anecdotal. I didn't do a research study, but, but um, we, you know, and by the way, when we do do the research study that we do every year at, at Content Marketing Institute, these numbers, they, they're all kinds of different, right? So, yeah, it's, uh, 
Anyway, well, again, yeah. Well, we didn't do the work to find odd. out it, whether it was true and if there's some other studies. So, again, <laughs> yeah, right. listeners are getting half the story. So, do with it what you will. Move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, on the same, you know, so we segued a couple of stories together here. Um, and our second uh, news item that we'll cover here comes to us courtesy of sciencefocus.com. Ring the bell. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Yeah, first, yeah. first, uh, first, first, first on the show. story from Science Focus, the home of BBC's Science Focus magazine. Um, so I'm assuming that this is UK focused. Um, and uh, the headline here is why the internet can survive without advertising. Uh, the subheadline is ads have permeated every corner of the internet, but can we imagine the web without them? Uh, this was published just a couple of days ago, and the article opens up by saying advertising was just one business model that people considered at the start. Google originally thought maybe 15% of their revenue was going to come from ads. Most of their money was going to come from licensing their search engine to corporate clients. It's funny. Their search algorithm was the origin of programmatic ads. Now everything relies on ads. In the old days, ads were sold the same way they were sold by a newspaper. You got a call from someone who wanted to buy a banner ad on your website. Google invented AdWords in the early 2000s to give people the tools to use data about what people search for. This model produced a Willy Wonka's waterfall amount of cash. I bet the writer was really proud of that, that oh, alliteration right good. there. Anyway, very good writing. Yeah. Yes. The, this, this model produced a Willy Wonka's waterfall. He even capitalized waterfall. Um, <laughs> amount of cash for Google and afterwards created the financial engine that is the core of what drives the modern internet experience. The article then goes on to basically say, yes, um, that he, his, his, it's, he says it's okay. If, if, if suddenly the internet that doesn't rely on advertising means that we're going to start to see new and different and innovative business model, some of them will benefit content creators, some of them will benefit companies, and some of them will benefit the public. It's going to change the nature of the internet, and that'll take some getting used to. Basically, he's saying change is coming, get used to it, um, and that the internet will be just fine without advertising once we sort of get over it. What say you, Dr. Yeah, Pulitzi? it's interesting. It, it, right after, we've heard this a lot about P&G, but th the author says advertising works, but generally nobody can measure it, uh, and the effects are so minimal. And it goes through that Procter & Gamble thing where, you know, we talked about it on the show, P&G they cut $200 million from their digital ad spending budget, probably all influencer money, I'm assuming. <laughs> but right. they cut the $200 million, and then they looked at it a year after, and the article says, and they couldn't figure out if there was any difference at all. It's like nothing changed. Now, I hate this example. And I, I remember 20, over 20 years ago when Pet Media used to do these advertiser studies, and all of them talked about the multi-year impact of stopping advertising. Usually in 12 months, nothing, you can't really tell. You Where you see the difference is year two, three, four, and five. So that's, I have a big problem with them using this example because you really can't tell the difference for one year when you're talking about big, broad-based awareness campaigns. You just can't. Right. So that's the one thing that, that I'm a little bit upset about. The other thing is, <laughs> the other thing, yes, we are actually starting to see all these innovative paid models. But I want to get your take on this. I think because you've got all these people moving to paid. You've got journalists moving to paid. You've got over the top, all these subscription opportunities. I really think there's going to be an opportunity for open and unpaid. 
I think we're going to see somebody say, look, if I go to, and, and you and I deal with it just for this show, how many articles do we go to that we hit a gate, a wall, a paywall, where we're like, okay, well, we might not be able to use that on the show, or I'm not subscribed to the Wall Street Journal, you are, so you'll get a Wall Street Journal link, and then I'm, you'll send it to me, and then I was like, oh, you're, you can't get into this, or you're out of your free looks. Forbes does the same thing. I'm like, it's just kind of silly. I think we're going to see a movement toward the other, the other way. So I like that from an innovative business model. You're going to see a lot of small publishers and content creators say, forget that. We can monetize many other ways besides a paid gatewall. So, Agreed. Agre- 100% agreed. And uh, I think one of the, the things that uh, I believe is that we're going to start to see the return of brand advertising. Yes. Where yes. you know where you buy broad audiences based on media properties or based on some other large segmented did idea you read rather my, than did you read my personal newsletter today? I did, but I didn't. You did, I, I I, said my comment that. doesn't come from that, but but yeah, exactly I, what I, I said. And is, I said that you would probably steal that prediction for the next year and take <laughs> well, it as your own. Yeah, no, it's a great. It is, I, yeah. <laughs> it's a great yeah. point, actually. Yeah. Yes. I think that's so you know, true. but I think we're going to see that, and, and interestingly, and we're going to pair this story with the uh, with with the the news on uh, from Science Focus. Um, there is, look, the, Dr. Augustine Fu, um, who I've talked about before on this show, I think is doing some just amazing work. Quite frankly, unrecognized and and underappreciated work uh, in this space where he's talking, you know, he's been talking about ad fraud and the problems with programmatic and the problems with dynamic advertising for years. Um, and I've followed and read his work and highlighted some of it on this show in, in previous episodes, but he wrote a post, uh, back in March, um, that I caught in a Twitter, uh, thread that I had with him and a couple of other folks, um, where he did, some op, you know, he he constantly does sort of these experiments, and he ended up and we'll link obviously the article in there, and it's a pretty geeky experiment, but basically the conclusion is that if you look at browsers that you know like targeting through browsers that have uh, um, controls in them, in other words, privacy controls, things like Firefox and Safari versus those that are you know a little more you know, <laughs> surveillance-based like Chrome, um, there's not a lot of difference in terms of the CPM cost. In other words, the theory that if you target these ads through a browser that's going to give you highly targeted personas and highly targeted audiences because you can use all that data that you're scraping in order to target those ads, you're actually not getting that much of a deal. You're not, you're not getting a much better deal than if you just said, just target Chrome users. Just target, you know, Firefox users. Just target Safari users, and you know, and 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 in all fairness, Doctor Fu says basically, I want to get some opinion on this, right? Get some, get some, uh, get some thinking on this, and uh, I just think this is really, really interesting, and I think it 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 says to me whether or not this particular study is completely and perfectly accurate or not. Um, it what it says to me is is that. We're going to start seeing, because of access to first-party data, the disappearance of third-party cookies. I'll talk about this a little later in my, in my commentary, rants and rave section. But what Apple is doing with the new browser um, and the new iOS um, restrictions, 
it's it, you're going to see two things happen in my opinion. One is the rise of importance of first party data, which benefits content creators and content marketers in huge ways, having access and reach and the data on those first party audiences. But two, you're going to start to see the rise of this brand oriented advertising where just simply getting broad audiences to see, you know, sponsored content and or what we would classically call brand ads are going to, you know, rise as well because it's getting to the point now where the targeting is not, you know, is so precise and imprecise at the same moment that I, I think it's a it's a it's a declining set of returns. I guess is I, I think it's inter- I think what you bring up is interesting, and my recommendation would be anybody that that cares would be to focus on a couple really good outlets instead of going to you know making small investments in many properties i would make a couple big bets and i think we covered a couple weeks ago there's been many organizations that are predicting an advertising comeback in 2021 like duh of course that's That's right but i think it's going to be bigger than we think and i think you're right it's going to be big brand plays you're going to see a little bit of blip up i think in print advertising because a lot is going to to brand advertising today i think that's more important especially to younger audiences i think they actually pay attention and look at ads today people don't think so um but yeah one ad doesn't do anything three ads doesn't do much but if you advertise over a long period of time to the same people it does make an impact generally 9 months or more so that's what i would recommend go 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 longer term uh, and go focused with an ad program and i think you're going to see a lot of big brands and and mid-sized brands do that so yeah yeah i think that's uh i think you're exactly right and 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 you know i so to me this is good news for content marketers it's good news for content creators uh, and it's good news for those who are taking the effort to build trusted, engaged uh, audiences that are willingly and trustingly giving over first-party data, because that's where the value is going to be created in in marketing. And so, you know, I mean, it's all things that um, you know. <laughs> now, see, now I'm self-conscious every time I'm saying, you know, we told you so. Um, well, but, we do talk about you know, ourselves. I mean, it, it we, is. We did. It so, is a thing. so I'm just gonna say. You know, hashtag, yeah, go look. All right. Anyway, let's move on to the next story right. here. Um, okay. So here's something interesting. And we have three stories actually to link to in the show notes. But we sort of put it all into one topic, which is, uh, here. you know, and, and, and we've talked about social audio on the show before. But it's it's starting to become a reality with this Clubhouse competitor thing. And... So just quickly highlighting the three stories, and then Joe would love to get your take on any one of the three to start with, which is one, Discord, uh, which of course we've talked about on the show before, Stage Channels, uh, they launched it, um, and they're a whole lot like Clubhouse, uh, and it's available now. So Discord, the latest company to introduce a Clubhouse-like feature that lets people easily broadcast live audio conversations to a room full of virtual listeners. Discord says its take called Stage Channels is available now on all platforms where Discord is available, including Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, and the web. If you've used Discord before, you might know that the app already offers voice channels, which typically allow everyone to talk freely, 
A stage channel, on the other hand, is designed to only let certain people talk to a group of listeners. That sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, Second story comes to us courtesy of Vox.com, which is Facebook is launching a Clubhouse competitor and podcast with a suite of new audio products. Uh, But some of them are not going to show up for a while, and it has a very, very creepy image of Mark Zuckerberg on the front page of this site. Um, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has announced a suite of audio products, including a Clubhouse competitor and a push into podcasting that his company intends to roll out over the next few weeks and months. You can read out all of the below. Not uh, included on that list was a plan to integrate Spotify's music player into Facebook. Uh, Facebook wants you to start talking and listening on Facebook. Sources say the social network is planning to announce a series of products, some of which are not going to appear for a little bit of time under the umbrella of social audio. Um, Their plans include an audio-only version of Rooms, um, the video conferencing product it launched a year ago, a clubhouse-like product that will let groups of listeners listen in and interact with people on a virtual stage, and a new product that will let Facebook users record brief voice messages and post them in their news feeds like they currently can do with text, pictures, and videos. Why that feature isn't already there kind of surprises me, but, you know, there you go. Um, And then the last one, which is uh, coming back to Discord here, we mentioned briefly, I think it was last show, where we talked that Microsoft might be in talks to actually purchase Discord. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, those talks are off. Uh, Discord has said no thank you to, I mean, if you, depending on who you believe, 10 billion, 12 billion, a uh, couple of trillion, whatever mm-hmm. dollars, uh, Discord said, nah, we're good. We're going to stick around on our own. And the talks are now off with uh, Microsoft. Uh, what say you with all this flurry of news around social audio and clubhouse like features? Mr. Well, a, cu- a couple of things. First, uh, Discord is going to move forward with their. Uh, stage channel uh it's i think it's pretty intuitive from what i've seen i've looked at my son using it a little bit uh they're going to be just fine uh but again discord is for a, a private group it's a little bit different than what we're talking about with what facebook wants to do is go more broad a broader appeal i don't i don't think facebook is going to be successful at this first of all i think most the majority of their audience which is older now it's the wrong audience for this type of tool uh, God help us all if we get some <laughs> some audio groups going <laughs> with certain people. We don't we don't want this, and, and I'm part of that group as well, so I can make fun of myself. I think if they do it, they should separate it out, which is actually why I feel that Facebook is in the mix to purchase Clubhouse now. After what's happened, and, and you see that uh, Microsoft is out of the buying Discord, and Jerry, Jeremy Bednarski, longtime friend listener of the show, he mentioned this on our Discord group, he he said, well, now that uh, Microsoft is not going to buy Discord, does that mean Microsoft may be in for Clubhouse? And you and I talked about this as a natural fit to LinkedIn. So now I feel like Clubhouse, which as you saw, got their $4 billion valuation, which will soon be $20 billion, but we can talk about that later. You're going to have Microsoft and Facebook fight over the idea of clubhouse if facebook purchase that purchases them they need to keep it separate like they do with instagram and not screw it up with any kind of integration just keep it separate and then they can get all the data and use it for their evil purposes and then microsoft i think it's a total no-brainer for linkedin 
to go ahead and add this type of feature instead of launching it themselves. They just go ahead and, and purchase Clubhouse. So I think that that's a thing. I think you're going to see you're going to see some major bidding happen. But the reason why a lot of people might not, I, this is what I think, the reason why Discord called it off with Microsoft is because I think they were waiting to see, oddly enough, what was going to happen with Coinbase's direct listing. So Coinbase went public. Was that last week? It went public last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Went up to uh, um, almost you know more than a hundred billion dollar valuation. I think they sit around sixty billion dollar in valuation right now. But they did a direct listing, which means they didn't have to go through all the middle layers. It is much different, but it was very very successful launch. I think Discord saw that Robert and said, "Look, this is something that we can do. We can do our direct listing, and you, they can get that the type of valuation that they want." So that's a whole lot of stuff going on in what I just oh, said. Oh, that's interesting. But that's what I think is going to happen. I think Discord is going to try to go with the direct listing and i think clubhouse is going to put well they're everybody's up for sale but i think facebook and linkedin microsoft are going to go after clubhouse and you'll see something done i think in the next three months i think you're right on uh microsoft slash linkedin we talked about this last show about how we both thought that was a great uh and perfect fit um, Facebook ain't acquiring anybody, right? Why? Now. No way. Why? Facebook's not. They're not because of the they, antitrust stuff. Of course. Yeah, they're not. They're they're not going to try anything right now. They're they're. I mean, now that doesn't mean that they're never going to acquire anybody again. But in the next three months, new, 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 new. They're not going to call any attention to themselves right now. I just can't see that happening. It's and again, all these new products that they're 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 offering. You know they're launching. These are all easy for them to launch. I know this is, it's this easy, is, but, but this is stuff. This is stuff that they don't. There's nothing to buy there, um, the, other than the buzz and the audience that they have. Microsoft LinkedIn that makes perfect sense because what it does is that it brings it, it, the rationalization there is you bring in to LinkedIn this cool toy that everybody's heard about and only those with an iPhone have had access to and now you're sort of LinkedIn gets to and Microsoft as a result gets to democratize that feature throughout LinkedIn and they probably wouldn't even use Clubhouse's technology to do it they would literally just buy it for basically sure. the buzz and the and the access to it and how much is that worth uh, not 20 billion that's for sure um, but sure anyway is. but Facebook there's no reason for Facebook to buy Clubhouse there's just no reason there's just no I'll, reason for that. I'll give to do you it. two reasons. Oculus what? is one and Instagram is another one. But they don't they, they could launch under, those products tomorrow yes, and course. they've got the install base to do I it. I understand. They, they that. don't need But they yeah. could have launched Instagram too. But it's different. By by taking that out, by having the little different culture, that little group that's outside of what's going on at Facebook and letting it go and letting it thrive. Instead of integrating it, because that Oculus and Instagram, in my opinion, are the two best things to come out of Facebook in the last five years. They didn't come out of Facebook; they were purchased. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it with Clubhouse. I don't buy it with Clubhouse. You just don't like Clubhouse. You just well, that's don't true like too. Social yeah. audio, and you no, only want to talk. That's not true. You only want to talk one way. You only want to talk on <laughs> a podcast, and you don't want to talk to people. <laughs> I love talking with people. I love talking with people. All right. Okay, just taking a quick break from these amazing stories to thank our friends at Radix 
for helping us create this old marketing.site. Robert and I are always super excited to discuss all things content and marketing and bring our listeners some fresh content every week. We also realized the need to consolidate all our previous episodes and make them accessible under one umbrella. So we're happy that Radix helped us create our .site domain at thisoldmarketing.site. If you're looking for a recap of a previous episode, access to an episode show notes, or a deep dive into a specific branch of content marketing or specific group of episodes, head on over to our website and get exploring. Now, back to the show. Uh, let's move along to our next news story Ooh, big one. here. Yes. Um, well, sort of. <clears throat> Yeah, breaking, a good almost one. breaking this, news. I guess it's kind of breaking yes. news. I mean, it happened this week at the uh, uh, at the Apple announcement, um, and this comes courtesy of the source, um, going right to the source of the matter, which is coming to us courtesy of Apple.com, uh, which is a press release that happened literally two days ago with the announcement of uh, all the other things that they were announcing at their spring event. The headline being, Apple leads the next chapter of podcasting with Apple Podcast subscriptions. Major updates to Apple Podcasts make discovering and enjoying podcasts better than ever before. Just keep in mind, folks, this is all marketing copy. Um, The uh, article or press release, better uh, phrased, um, opens by saying, Apple Today unveiled Apple Podcast subscriptions, a global marketplace for listeners to discover premium subscriptions offered by their favorite creators alongside millions of free shows on Apple Podcasts. Starting in May... Listeners in more than 170 countries and regions can sign up for premium subscriptions that include a variety of benefits curated by creators such as ad-free listening, access to the additional content, and early and or exclusive access to new series. Listeners will be able to enjoy premium subscriptions from independent voices and premier studios including Tenderfoot, uh, Tenderfoot TV, Pushkin Industries, Radiotopia from PRX, Q Code, uh, and including the NPR Los Angeles Times, The Athletic, Sony Music Entertainment, and many more. And the press release goes on to do what press releases do, which is quote a bunch of executives saying how excited they are about this wonderful new announcement. Uh, and that the to me, the money line that um, I was having some conversations with our friend Michael Stelzner on Facebook last night, uh, the money line is the very last sentence of the press release. It says, uh, from Apple Podcasts, that's the app on your phone, etc., uh, creators can enroll in the new Apple Podcasters program, which provides access to all the tools needed to build and distribute premium subscriptions on Apple Podcasts. That, to me, is really vague, um, and it brings up more questions than answers for me, but I, I want to get your take on this and see what you, you think about this. Again, who knows at this point? It looks like while we're recording this, they're rolling this out. So we'll yeah, make sure that's that right. we do some research and figure out what's going to happen. It seems to me this will be like your Apple Music, sort of like your Audible. Um, They'll they'll put it all together. You'll be able to get your overall Apple subscription package, and then you'll get access to a number of these other paid pot paid for podcasts, I guess. And then they will kick back a little piece of that to all the other celebs and influencers that have those big podcasts. And it's a win win for everybody. 
and Apple gets a little bit more money, they'll probably bundle it in with their overall Apple package that now seems to be, what, 20 bucks, and you get everything, including Apple TV and all that. That's what I'm thinking it's going to be. But is it... Right? Is it going to... I mean, you're right. I, I, yeah, I, maybe. I, I, you know, I think the, the question in my mind is... And, you know, and again, this is way early, uh, so we're literally hypothesizing here about what could be. But it's, I wonder if this is going to be more, is this the iTunes store? In other words, you know, the app store where anybody can put up a premium podcast and, you know, if you buy it, you buy it, right? And if you get money, you get money and you pay a little, you know, fee to uh, Apple and you get the rest of it and you get a bunch of tools and, you know, that, that sort of thing, right? Where Apple in some ways, you know, very much like the app store approves your podcast um, after they either listen to it or have an algorithm listen to it. So you're almost like a verified podcast versus us that we're in the system, we get it for free. Right, which seems to me like I'm not sure why you would have a separate place for that. In other words, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna curate it at a very high level, um, and I mean strict level, then why have a separate place for that? Because they, they make it they make it clear to me at least in the press release that there's going to be a place for the free podcasts, you know, and then there's going to be a place for the premium podcasts, and the premium podcasts will be those or which are subscription based, and they you know they go on to name some very popular podcasts, so. It feels like, and again, I have zero evidence for this, but it feels like to me what they're saying is, sure, you can come into this thing and learn how to do podcasts and we'll provide some great content for you and it'll be awesome. And then maybe if you enroll, we'll accept you if you know we can see that you've passed through all these different hoops. And I think it'll just be interesting to see how easy it is. This is, you know, right in your wheelhouse, right? How easy is it going to be for folks? I mean, sort of. There's sort of three levels of this, right? There's the level of a NPR or a Joe Rogan or those levels. Then there's probably a layer there below that, which is, you know, not where you and I are with this podcast. And then there's a layer below that where you and I are with this podcast. And then there's a lot of other businesses and you know other people who would love to have a premium podcast and have a great idea and a great show, but like 10 people download. Exactly, right? yes. I mean, l- listen and, to this. And so, this is in the yeah. second bullet. Pricing for each subscription is set by creators and billed monthly by default. Creators can additionally offer annual billing, which subscribers can manage with their Apple ID, blah, blah, blah. Uh, listeners will also be able to access free trials and sample episodes offered by creators. I think that this whole thing is going to be really good for your big branded podcasts. Your, you know, Malcolm Gladwell and Pushkin's going to do really well on this. Luminary is going to do fantastic on this. They're going to take a cut. There's another gate wall here for content. And I think for the, what we're, what everybody seems to be calling the middle class of content creators today, it's going to stink. It's just another, okay. it's just you, another okay. layer. Then you and I agree. Yeah. Then you and I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah you and I agree. I think this is overall, for most content creators, this is not good. But I think for the big celebs and influencers, it's going to be fantastic. Right. And, and, the, and, and, I, and, and, and the reason why I, I'm, I'm a little down on it is not because I don't think that those people should get paid or should be separated off in some way. But one of the things that 
we all benefit from, those of us who are small podcasters, we benefit a bit from the drafting effect of others around us, right? We, we benefit from the NPRs and the big shows, the Joe Rogans, the, you know, all those, all those, you know, the athletic and, you know, those, those big show brands because they attract people into the store. Yeah. New, and they new attract listeners come in. And, yes. Correct. And new listeners come in and they go, oh, I'm going to, I'm here to download Joe Rogan and subscribe to that. But wow, here's this weird little niche thing called this old marketing. Maybe I'll try Did that. No too, one ever, right? by so, the way. No, that's never happened. But anyways, I, know, I get the example. I know. You know what I'm getting. <laughs> Again, I'm going. Um, but if you separate those two concepts out, there's no reason for a lot of people to go into the quote unquote discount session, you know, section of the, of the store, you know, so you, you sort of relegate smaller podcasts to a much, you know, um, more quote unquote democratized, but quote unquote, also the, you know, the bad part of town as it were. And so nobody goes there. So that's, that's why I think it's not, well, uh, it's not great for, for content. The creators. other thing I had some Twitter discussion with some people and we were all wondering if anyone actually uses the Apple podcast listening app. Well, it's a whole that different too. thing because I, I use Overcast. I don't know what you use, but most people use something different, a Stitcher, whatever it might be. So that's a that's another issue. Maybe Apple's trying to get get some of that back into their camp. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I honestly, I do use the uh, Apple podcast on my phone okay. when I listen to podcasts, but on my computer when I listen, which is probably 50% of really? my listening is done on wow. yeah I, 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 I do a lot of like on my PC it's all well it's on my... it's only when I'm when I'm doing like you know end of day work yeah. it's nice to sort of have a podcast on in the background and do some stuff um, and then I just put it on and sort of listen to it while I you know clean out my inbox or do something you know where I need to do you know do something over a course of an hour or something like that so but on my phone if I'm driving or if I'm I'm not on a plane these days, but you know when I'm on a plane, um, I, I I do use the podcast app because um, it's easy to keep track of all my subscriptions and all that. So we, but yeah. I'm an Apple fanboy as we've established. So we'll we'll you know. see we'll see where it goes. Um, it it yeah. is interesting, uh, and how many of these news stories have we covered from YouTube to everyone else figuring out well, how yeah. they can how they can actually pay creators and they're creating these secondary walls walled gardens walled, yeah and, and creating these little tiny premium walled gardens spotify did it you know and apple's now doing it and they'll all do it right and it's seductive because you've it got is. creators out there trying to figure out okay we want direct right like we've talked about with first party data and email we want to go direct but at the same time you've got all these different organizations that are trying to say how do we get a piece of this that's yeah. what apple's doing i get it yeah. i you know what somebody needs to do by the way, all you entrepreneurs out there, is figure out how to do this in a live streaming way, a Spotify for business content, right? A Spotify, you know, I don't know why LinkedIn hasn't done this yet, by the way, um, but, a, but a, a podcast sort of marketplace for business-oriented podcasts. That would be a cool Doesn't that idea. exist somewhere? Uh, not that I know of. Maybe if, 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 I mean, you, you, if it does, they're doing a horrible job well, you of marketing because I, I should know about yeah, it. Yeah, you know why that would be so critical is because w even when you're in, you know, we use Libsyn for our hosting. If you go to yeah. Apple or any other ones or Spotify and you look at their categories, basically it's usually just business. Yeah, I mean, that's how many right. There's a million the, categories. The business under categories business, are awful. Yeah, the business, business. categories are awful. Yeah. 
They're just they're they're the taxonomy for business oriented podcast is you know it, it was not put together it's terribly like, oh, well because trying to there's yeah. mark there's marketing and there's trucking and there's RFID right. <laughs> and it's like what? exactly right what okay yeah come on. exactly yeah. yeah exactly all right ladies and gentlemen it is now time for your favorite part of the show which is of course our rants and rave section when Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave that makes us feel like we've got air tags on or something that makes us feel like uh, coming out of the Apple event a little unsatisfied. Um, shall I go first or shall you go first? I have mine is very yeah, go short. Ahead. Go ahead. So okay, see where I'll go goes. first. I'll go, go first here. Uh, mine is very quick. It's just a commentary, um, which is uh, it's just a question more than anything else. I you know, so conscious now of like saying, "Here's what I know." Um, the um, Next week, literally as we record this on Thursday, April 22nd, next week, by the time we meet again, um, Apple will have launched iOS 14.5. Uh, and it's the one that everybody's been talking about that's taking on, that Facebook's all upset about, that Google is upset about, basically where iPhones and iPads um, that use iOS 14.5 and and trust me, this is coming to Macintosh uh, computers as well. Um, you know whether you're using a laptop or a, or an iMac um, that it will be coming too. Basically, it's going to start making it opt in for you to be tracked across all the apps. So when you start, you know, when it, you're going to have to actually have to give permission for Facebook to track you across third party apps and, and, and websites and those kinds of things. And here's the thing though, here's what I think is coming because, and we're going to link to two articles in the show notes. One of the things that I think really botched up the whole, uh, GDPR data and privacy issues that happened in May, uh, almost exactly two years ago, uh, 2018 in May, um, was when that hit, nobody was ready for it. Um, and when it happened, everybody had this knee-jerk reaction, and you and, and we all remember it. We all remember it. As soon as you're already ahead of me where I'm, where I'm going with this, every time you hit a website from May 2018 till today in many, many cases – you get confronted with this legalese, yep. oh, would you like to do something? Would you like to accept cookies? Would you like to do this thing? And people who are not inside baseball were annoyed AF. Yes. I mean, they just, just it, it created all kinds of annoyance. My prediction here is, is something similar is going to happen here, that app developers are annoyed right now that they have to deal with this. Most of the apps, including, by the way, Facebook and um, and others, have made zero changes to their to their apps um, as a result of this development because they're waiting to see what happens. You're going to see a similar thing. I predict, let's call it May and June of this year, as people start using their apps and upgrading the OS, Apple's going to take a lot of heat from people so annoyed that they have to click through four clicks because some app is asking permission every time they want to do something. And it's just, it's one of those things where I don't know what the answer is, um, but I do know that this is ultimately long-term going to be a good thing for all the reasons that we talked about earlier in the show. But the prediction is, is just, you know, whether you're in marketing 
and you have an app out in the world and your developers are now dealing with this and and you know you you've been counting on being able to track users across platforms and now you're going to have to ask permission for that um or you're not and you're a consumer and you're simply you know going to get confronted with a hundred little pop-up menus just get ready for it just it's something to think about and get ready for because um you know this is it's 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 going to change things a lot as people adopt this thing so I, I don't know what the right answer is. I just know that I, I just have just this feeling ready. it's going to be you're very much. That, yeah, it's going to be like your May and June of 2018 yeah. where, I mean, every day I was getting a call from, you know, some friend saying, why do I have to do this now? Why do I, every time I open a website, I have to say, yes, I'm okay with cookies. I, I don't understand this. The same thing is coming with apps. I I totally agree with you. And then no. then what? I guess that's the question. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, then what happens? But, you know, we, we have to take one step at a time. But Right. Very interesting, sir. Uh, I can't wait until that happens. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a couple of things. One is just, it's a commentary. Uh, just because it's strange, I don't get a lot of feedback on my Content Inc. podcast. And this one that I did, I've gotten so many emails and notes on this one. Um, I just wanted to share maybe why I'm trying to figure out why, but it was one that asks, are you indispensable? And I, I think I produced it three or four weeks ago. It's funny. I just got a note from a, a content creator, content entrepreneur yesterday and saying, wow, that was a tough one to listen to. And I actually went through it again and listened to it. Cause I was like, well, what, what's so tough about it? But it, I was trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to talk about for that episode of, of content Inc.? And I was listening to Scott Galloway's interview on his Prof G podcast, and he was talking with CNBC's Andrew, Andrew Ross Sorkin, which has done mm. Too Big to Fail, Billions, you know, very, very popular. Yeah, but, all, yeah. but most people know him because he's on CNBC. And yeah. Prof G asked Sorkin what his advice would be for those wanting to be successful. And Sorkin responded simply, be indispensable. He says, even in the most mundane task, be indispensable. Even if you fetch coffee, do it in a way that you are indispensable. And I absolutely love that. Of course, I go and look yeah. it up in the dictionary. And Merriam-Webster says, being indispensable is being absolutely ne- absolutely necessary or essential and not subject to being set aside or neglected. So then my podcast, Robert, was about, is your content indispensable? And I always, and I've done this, you've probably seen this, I've done it on many, you know, webinars and presentations where I show a picture of a a box, like an Amazon box that you'd get. And I ask the, you know, people watching and I say, okay, take that box and then take all of the content that you create, all your blogs, your podcasts, your webinars, your email newsletters, any piece of educational, entertaining content that you have and place it in a box. I said, then pack that box up and ship it out. And I say, all you know, all the content you've ever created for your customers or your audience is now gone. And then my question is, what's changed? Did your customers miss yeah. the content, the information? Did their yeah. lives change in some way because they're not receiving your content anymore? And it's a tough, that's what I'm getting the feedback on, Robert, because it's a tough question because most people are honest and say, no, nothing has happened. It's not, <laughs> what we're doing is not that important. So that's yeah, why it's true. You sort of want to do. I've done that in many corporate workshops before, and oh and, yeah, I used to do this all the time in my workshops where I would say, "Let's put a full stop, put a full stop on blogging, put a full stop yep. on email, put a full stop on white papers, full stop on web copy, full stop on everything, full stop." 
who misses it except your boss? That's right. And if the only answer is your boss, then you have then a problem. You to, and you have to do something about it. So anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes for those people that didn't listen. It's a five-minute podcast. Thank you. And then the, the last one, I just want to send out some kudos, but it's also a topic that you and I have been talking about for 10 years. <laughs> uh, the the uh, it's This is from thepilot.com, which is a newspaper in the, I think, the Raleigh-Durham area. Uh, it says, The Pilot by Seven Lakes Insider. And basically, the pilot uh, says uh, this acquisition gives us the opportunity to serve our community more thoroughly. It's a fast-growing area, and it deserves a vibrant medium to tell its stories. The Seven Lakes Insider is a monthly newspaper and website serving a very small area of Seven Lakes and West End, which is right by Pinehurst, North Carolina, if you're not familiar. And then this is the good part. Former editor Jana Guerra, she is the owner. She is also a friend of this show. She created Seven Lakes Insider a few years ago, actually in the fall of 2016, and now has sold it to the larger newspaper. And I just think, yeah, so congratulations to Jana. But again, this is a content creator who in just five years built an audience, put something together and has sold it and has a nice exit. So it's a really, it's a really nice story. And I think we're going to see more and more of these things happen. So yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I mean, I'm sure it was a great, fantastic, amazing event for her. But in the scheme of life, you know, this was not the end all be all investment from this company. You know Probably, what I mean? Probably, yes. It's not that exactly. Yeah. It's a smaller you know purchase, I mean? most likely. Yeah, I did the math, by the way. I had to do it for a client, you know, um, just for fun. Um, the what? It, what would you guess? The so. Uh, HubSpot's acquisition of the hustle. What would you guess the p- total percentage of their marketing and sales budget was the acquisition of the hustle, which was $27 million, by the way, just to give you a hint. So $27 million is what they acquired the hustle for. What do you think percentage wise that was of one year's sales and marketing? One year's sales and marketing costs? That's right. Oh, shoot. That's tough to say. Because it's not, it's actually imminently figure it out. Okay, go ahead, tell me. Public, but no, guess. I want you to guess. Come on, guess. Take a guess at six percent. Okay, six percent of the total yearly marketing cost was the acquisition. I guess you could go, yeah, since they're a public company, you could go through and figure out exactly what it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could, and and that's amazing to me, right? For six percent of your marketing budget, you can have something that's that over a million subscribers, correct. And will make money. In other words, pays for itself. Well, what's so funny about that? So I know we're getting off topic a little bit, but it's the end of the show. Yeah. So if you don't want to listen, go ahead and do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, the so the HubSpot buys the hustle. So you know our friend Darmesh Shaw, co-founder of HubSpot. Yeah. I follow him on yeah. Twitter. Today, I believe, and we're recording this on Thursday. He did. He created his first article for the hustle. So how nice. about that? 1.5 or whatever million subscribers are now firsthand getting wonderful information from the co-founder of HubSpot. Now, again, it's educational information, but how many of those people will be influenced by that post that maybe don't know about HubSpot by HubSpot products and services? Probably quite a few, if yep. I had to guess. Yep. So there you go. Yep. All right. So what do you got this week? What are you doing? Uh, uh, working on, uh, working on the tilt stuff. You know, we're just three weeks in, we're working as hard as we can to, to do some amazing things for, for content creators. As I told you before, I'm going through old content, uh, that we have and that we, we purchased through another entity and we're, 
you know, we're updating that and I'm having fun, fun doing that. And oh, hey, I Good. just finished, a, I just sent it out. I, I just finished the Content Inc. book tour. I'm doing 11 interviews with case studies from the book in May, all on Clubhouse, and I am recording them. Just so people. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so the first one is Michael Stelzner, a social media examiner on May 4th. And then May 5th is Anne Hanley, uh, the queen of content marketing. And uh, so it, it'll be fun. And then and then nine more after that. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm pretty excited since I can't do a traditional book tour this year. Beautiful. So, how about you? That's lovely. Uh, busy, 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 busy. Work, 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 work. Scotch, 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 scotch. Um, yeah, it's uh, we're we're just crazy busy. It's all good. Um, just released the new episode of Marketing Makers, my show, um, which is all on measurement. Um, so that came out yesterday, and so that was a, that's always a labor of love to get that thing cut up and edited. Um, and yeah, and other than that, it's all client work. We're we're just really busy and and just really thankful to be busy. So. Um, yeah, that and this show is is keeping me. Content is a good place um, to be. That and happy. Good place to be in this yep. environment. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And that is it, folks. We're signing off. If you want to get all the goodness, including all of the good and bad reviews uh, of this podcast, show notes, or anything else uh, with regard to the other 267 episodes, uh, just head on over, won't you? We've got a beautiful website at thisoldmarketing.site where you've got access to reviews and channels and all the episodes and all the show notes. Um, we want to thank the good folks at Radix for helping power our thisoldmarketing.site. And you can, of course, get your own .site domain with them. Uh, and until we meet again, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.